confidence comes from so many different things. And yes, like feeling good about your appearance can be one of them. But that's again, very, that's a very cheap form of confidence in the sense that like, it's easy to lose. Like people can easily knock it down if they say something about your, about your appearance, or if you don't feel good when you look in the mirror one day, like then what, you're just not going to be self-confident that day. Welcome to the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. I'm your host, Marie Wold, health and fitness influencer, coach, and lifestyle entrepreneur committed to educating and empowering women to become their very best selves. Each week, my guests and I are proving that with hard work and the right mindset, absolutely anything is possible. We are here to bring you not just inspiration, but also actionable takeaways that you can use to create a life that you love right now. We're talking all things personal development, including health, fitness, confidence, relationships, and so much more. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey, Kels. I'm so excited to have you back on the show. Hi, Marie. I'm so excited to be back on here. I know. It's been a while. I mean, you're behind the scenes all the time, so you're always in the show, but you're not usually on the show. Very true. Plus, we're talking like 24-7. <laughs> yeah, guys, so, Kelsey is like one of my extra limbs. I have a few extra limbs and Kelsey is, is one of the best. So I'm super excited to have her back. I know y'all loved her the last time she came on. We did like a little Q&A session. So that's what we're doing today. We had a few extra questions left over from the last time that we didn't get to tackle. So without further ado, let's just jump in, right? Yes. So we have a bunch of topics to cover today and I'm really excited to be delivering them for you. Um, so Marie, I want to start off. I feel like this is fitting because you talk about self-love so much, not only what it feels like, but also what it looks like in your clients and for yourself. So I think that'd be a really great spot to start. Yeah. Yeah. I think self-love is like such an interesting topic because the way we typically see it represented like on social media and stuff is it's like face masks and bubble baths and like wine and all the things like that. And it's not that that stuff isn't self-love, but I like to think of that as like the surface level, like cherry on top self-love. When in reality, like the real foundational self-love is like respecting yourself enough to like eat well, move your body, like identify and like address your BS, like go to the doctor, do all of these things that aren't pretty, aren't fun. Like there are so many uncomfortable aspects of self-love that don't feel indulgent and don't feel like you're pampering yourself, but it's so necessary. Like all of the things that you procrastinate on and you put off or all the things that kind of like loom above you that you don't want to do, taking care of that stuff is also self-love, whether it's eating better, whether it's working out, whether it's, you know, like today I called, um, like my car company to figure out my lease stuff. And I was on hold for like 45 minutes. I was like, dang it, this is not fun. But that's something that had been stressing me out and just making me feel like icky because I knew that it needed to happen, but I really didn't want to do it. And then once I did it, I felt so much better. And I think that like, that's an example of what self-love is, even though it's not pretty or fun or Instagram worthy. 1000%. And like, okay, you guys are going to notice really quickly that I get really cheesy with these analogies, but like you think of life being a garden, right? And it is, it's like you just said, 
the beautiful part of tending to a garden is that, yeah, you get to see all the flowers, you get to see things bloom, but the work that you have to put in, right. Of like, you got mm-hmm. the weeds, you have to go out and like prune and do all this shitty stuff too. It's not, it's not all getting yeah. the sun's out. So I like 1000% yes. And I, I think something people appreciate a lot about you too, is that you do talk about that. You, sh- I mean, you show up when you're, <laughs> washing your face at night you have a face mask on and going off of that another question that you got a lot of had to do with confidence and where you find your confidence how you find your confidence yeah so back in the day confidence for me really like I thought that confidence was only how you felt about your appearance like I thought that confident people are confident because they think that they're like really pretty or like have a perfect body or whatever like I I had such, again, a surface level idea of confidence. And so that was like all I worked toward. Like I was so fixated on getting that perfect body and like, you know, learning how to do my makeup the right way and like all of these surface level things and like getting my hair highlighted and stuff like that. And I was just so like, caught up in all of that surface level stuff. And even when my hair looked good and I had achieved my like coveted thigh gap, this was like back in like 2013 or something. That was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. That was six years ago. I know. Back, back in the day when thigh gaps were all the rage, I finally achieved one after all of my efforts that were, by the way, really unhealthy and would not recommend. But I got to all of these, you know, benchmark places where I was like, okay, confident people have these things. Like, this is what I need to do to look the right way in order to be confident. And I got there and I, I checked off all the boxes and I still was painfully insecure, if not more insecure than I was when I started because I just kept trying to fix myself and fix myself and nothing ever made me feel better. And crossing that like imaginary finish line didn't actually do anything. And then I like, I felt like cheated. I was like, what, what do you mean that like, I don't just get confident by looking a certain way. And so what I've realized over the years and now what I teach my clients is like confidence comes from so many different things. And yes, like feeling good about your appearance can be one of them, but that's again, very, that's a very cheap form of confidence in the sense that like, it's, it's, easy to lose. Like people can easily knock it down if they say something about your about your appearance or if you don't feel good when you look in the mirror one day, like then what, you're just not going to be self-confident that day. I think real confidence and like deeper confidence has to come from, first of all, like just your inherent self-worth. And so it doesn't have to be attached to like your achievements or your intelligence or your relationships or anything like that, like inherently you are worthy. And until you can like wrap your head around that concept, like just the fact that you're here, you're human, you're alive, like you are worthy, you won't have the deepest well of self-confidence possible. Like that's kind of the center ring of self-confidence. So if you think of confidence as like a tree, like the way you look would be like the bark, right? Like everyone sees that. It can be like the kind of like protective outer coating, but people can easily like pick it off or whatever. And it's just like a thin sheet on the outside. But as you go in through the rings, like the core of the tree is like your self-worth. And then it's like your character. And then it's you keeping promises that you made to yourself. Then it's keeping promises you made to other people and like how much you value their word. And then it's, you know, your relationships and all of these things. And like those things are all so much more important than just the shell. And so I've learned to find confidence from 
internally and it's always still a work in progress for me. I really tend to see my achievements or take confidence from my achievements and what I can accomplish and my intelligence because, hello, we'll talk about this probably, but I'm an Enneagram 3. Like I'm an achiever. And so I really am obsessed with achieving and I'm obsessed with like striving for more. And so it's always this fine line of pulling confidence from that because I thrive on that, but also pulling confidence from deeper places. And um, actually today, one of my clients messaged me one of the activities I have my clients do, including in Move Nourish Shine, is I have them message people that they're close to. And I have them ask, how would you describe me? First of all, like, what are the things about me that really jump out to you? What are my best qualities? And then also, what are my worst qualities? And she sent me the screenshots of the text that she got back. And not a single one of them mentioned her appearance for better or for worse, right? All of them talked about her character, the way that they made her feel, her humor, her courage, her intelligence, like all these different like intangible things about her were so much more valuable and important to them um, than she realized, right? Like she came to me just worried about changing her body and now she's realized that what's most important about her is everything else. And we're still making incredible progress. She looks bomb, but that's not where she's depending on her confidence coming anymore. And so that's something that I'm like so passionate about with my clients. Mm -hmm. Well, and another thing while we're on this too, like, and, and you address this in MNS and with your clients, but it's like, could you imagine when you're stuck in that headspace of like, okay, outside shell, I just want to be this. I just want to have this. I just want to get this. I just want to be recognized for this. Like, could you imagine if all that time that I wasted, you know, like caring too much about the outside stuff, if I was working on the inside, it's like you say all the time, that's going to be a byproduct Mm -hmm. of, you know, something that's going to last versus something that is not going to last. What you are on the inside and who you are on the inside, that's going to be there. That's going to grow with you and be with you your whole life. But you think of outside stuff that's not, that's temporary. Yeah. It, it's like one of the most rewarding things as a coach to see someone be like, I finally understand. Like I, I get it now. I, I believe in this now and you don't have to believe in it right away. Like you don't have to believe that you can have real confidence, but if you just see what everyone else is accomplishing and you trust the process, like you'll get there too. And it's just, it's the best, like that, that's what we want for everyone. Okay. So speaking of Enneagrams, because I know you just touched on that, this is yeah. fun and fitting because you've talked about it before, but you are, I feel like you're such a three. <laughs> Can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love personality tests. First of all, I'm that weirdo that like loves taking tests, quizzes. Like I've, I love standardized testing in school. I looked forward to standardized testing days because I just, I think they're fun and I'm really good at them. Like I got a 34 on the ACT without studying. Like I just love tests and I I know it's so nerdy. Like a lot of people hate school and have like test anxiety, but personally I love it anyway. So I love personality tests, not just because they're like fun to take, but also because they've made me feel a lot more at peace with who I am. So for example, like when I've, when I've taken them, they always highlight, right? Like the good and the bad about you. And no matter what personality type you get, whatever test you're taking, whatever result you get, 
every single personality type has pros and cons. Every single personality type has strengths and weaknesses and learning about my own and learning like, oh, this is normal. Like other people who are like me struggle with the exact same things. Like I'm not broken. This is not wrong with me. It's just like, it's all part of the same hand I've been dealt, right? And so like personality tests have given me so much just, I guess, like freedom and affirmation that like, I'm, there's nothing wrong with the way that I am. And everything that I see is like a flaw or a struggle or a challenge is like, you know, the other side of the card. And they, they are a package deal. And of course, you can work on your flaws and like improve on things that hold you back. But that's like, depending on what your personality is, whatever you're dealing with is a normal thing for you to be struggling with, right? So that just gave me so much affirmation and validation, especially as someone who's like, I want to be the best. I want to be like perfect. I want to have everything figured out as a three. Um, Just knowing that all that stuff is normal has been so helpful. So yeah, I love personality tests. I'm um, Enneagram three, which is the achiever. I think I really am like a true three. I, I haven't really been able to confidently identify like what my wing would be um and i used to think that i was a one but then my therapist who's been on the show too is like no marie like you're you're a three every single thing you talk about is like such a three problem i was like okay that's true um and then my myers break type is i and tj i believe which is the architect and that's like they're they very much go hand in hand so that's what I am. Definitely recommend if you yeah. haven't taken either of those. Oh my God, yes. Which people, if you want to take it, just Google it, yeah. either one of them. And there's a bunch of different ones that'll come up. Some are shorter, some are longer. But okay, before we jump from this, can you talk a little bit more about like when you're a high functioning through yeah. low functioning, when you kind of have your head down or when you're like on cloud nine, sure. like killing it? For sure. For sure. Yeah. So I used to not be very self-aware at all. Like I, because I am a three like uh, I want to have everything my way and like because of that I had a hard time like even seeing where I could be wrong and understanding that other people don't see the world the same way as me so I'm talking like high school maybe like early college I really like I struggled to be self-aware and I struggled to see that there were times where I was low functioning like I knew that I felt like crappy or I was cranky or down or whatever. Um, But I didn't realize that I was like in an unhealthy pocket of my personality or whatever. So I think just learning about those has been really, really helpful. Um, A book that I've read about the Enneagram that was particularly helpful is The Wisdom of the Enneagram. Um, And so that really teaches you like, what a healthy three versus an unhealthy three is going to look like. And there were so many times reading that book where I was like, oh my God, I've done that. Oh my God, I've done that too. And it's just like, it's so validating because you're like, oh, all of these things that are like wrong with me or things I struggle with are normal and I should be struggling with those. But I think just learning more about your personality can be super helpful because it's easier now for me to identify when I'm living in that unhealthy place. And it just helped me with like self-awareness so much and just being more objective about the way I'm being, interacting with people, showing up in the world, even processing things like how you perceive what other people are doing um, or saying or being. Um, So yeah, definitely. I don't think there's like, I don't think there's a downside to like knowing more about your personality, except 
I went from being like not self-aware at all to maybe like I overanalyzed myself and now I'm too harsh. I'm like, Marie, you're being such an unhealthy three right now. You know what I mean? Like, because I'm so critical of myself, I am like, you can do so much better. Like, right. Like you're, you need to be a healthy three right now. And, um, so I think there is like kind of a, just a drawback of like, if you get too too analytical about yourself you can be so in your head um Mm -hmm. but overall I would say it's definitely been like a very positive experience for me that's awesome yeah okay so even if we take a step back from being like that self-aware when it comes to you know like when am I functioning at my best when am I not Mm -hmm. would you say this is something people are wondering about too like if you rewind even back to like volleyball high school Marie do you think you've always been good at like calling yourself out on your bs were you someone where like you always like to do this monthly, reflect on monthly goals, reflect mm. on your head, your choices, like all that. Or was that something that, you know, like either came with getting into fitness or more into personal development? Like where did that really come for you or has it always been that way? Yeah. Interesting. I've always been someone that is setting goals. Like I've always been someone that wants to aim high. I want the 4.0. I want to play varsity. I want to be captain of varsity. I want to start. And I want like, you know, I've always had these goals and things I've set my set for myself. Um, and those are things that I perceived as like, this is me at my best. But those goals were already always very achievement focused. They weren't like, oh, I want to be a better daughter or I want to like, you know, reach out to five friends today. Like it wasn't necessarily about like connection or fun, never goals really about fun (laughs) Um, or things like that. It was always goals about what I wanted to do. Um, And then I think once I got to the point in my fitness journey, and this was probably late college, like maybe three years ago, um, I really had like the wake up call of, wow, chasing all of this like external validation, chasing all of these like achievements isn't doing it for me. It's not making me fulfilled. Um, Like I need to look inward. And that's when I really dove deep. I think the seed of self-awareness and personal development was planted like probably even in high school, just because I always had the mindset of, I want to know more. I want to be more like there always is more to learn. Um, and I read the four agreements, which I've talked about like 20,000 times. I was like my first personal development book that I've ever read. Um, when I was like 16, I read that book and it, I swear it like put me on the path, but it took me a while to really buy into like personal development and transforming from the inside out. But once I, once I did commit to that, like that's, I've seen more growth in the last three years than in the last decade. And that says a lot considering I went through like high school, college, Mm -hmm. like all these pivotal years um, in the last decade. Okay. So obviously I know anyone that's been following you, you've, I think really taken like every, every season you've been through every up, every down, everything. And you have, you've turned it into being who and where and what you are today. But if you could go back and like tap your old self on the shoulder, you know, like 16 year old you, yeah. what would you, what would you tell yourself? What advice would you give yourself if you could? Yeah. Um, first of all, I would say dump him. <laughs> um, I wasted a lot of time on people that were not specifically a person that was not good for me. I had this high school boyfriend that I was with for like years like I think three or four years maybe like we started dating in eighth grade and dated through high school um and it was like 
just it was, it was not good. We don't need to go into it, but dump him and know your worth. And then um, the other thing would be to just keep going. And that was never something that I like struggled with, like just keep going because I always had just this like weird sense that if I just kept going, things would work out. But that was a hope, not a belief. It was like, I think that it's going to work out and continuing going is the is the only way to find out. Um, but I would tell myself like, just keep going. Everything's going to be fine because there were times, especially in high school where I felt so isolated, so unseen, meaning like I was, I had friends. I was like, you know, in the popular friend group kind of, but I know I didn't ever feel like anyone really understood me or that anyone really had my back. Um, and I always felt like really mature for my age and that I had all these interests that no one else cared about. And so, I, I wish I would have like just had more peace over the fact that like everything was going to be okay and everything was going to work out the way it was supposed to and that this was just such a short time and that like people not understanding you doesn't speak or doesn't say anything about you. It says something about them usually. Okay. So yeah. I don't think 16 year old you would have been able to look forward and be like, oh, I'm going to turn down a corporate level job. I'm going <laughs> to take, you know. Yeah. Building yeah. my own business, starting my own business over a nine to five in a cubicle, like the safe route. So I think you've learned a lot, you know, like we've said from errors, but also like taking leaps and taking really smart risks. What are mm. some easy, not even, you know, like, I mean, that's big, <laughs> yeah. but like, what are some easy personal finance tips, I guess, that you would, you could give to millennials or just people our age, you know? Yeah. Hmm. I think it like, it goes as deep as you want it to go. Like I definitely have tangible tips of like, here's my favorite app for saving money and like things like that. Um, And we can touch on that too. But I think one of the biggest shifts that has really made a huge impact on my life is like being in an abundance mindset versus a lack mindset. So a lack mindset is always focusing on what you're losing. So like you see spending money as like, oh, that's $5 that I'll never get back. That's $1,000 I'll never get back. Like oh, that's just gone. That's a lack mindset where you think that like there isn't enough to go around. The money that you spend will never come back to you, that sort of stuff. And that never served me. And when I started thinking in an abundance mindset of every all the money that I spend is an energetic exchange. So it's not even like, first of all, especially nowadays, like money is such a construct. If you think about it, like it's just numbers on a piece of plastic, right? And I understand that financial stress and burdens are very, very real, like for sure, been there too. But when you think about money, like a little, just a little less seriously and think about it as this thing that is going to circulate and come back to you, um, that was really life-changing and thinking about how the way you spend your money is like determines or the way you feel about how you're spending money is going to determine the outcome, right? So if you are like buying something and all you're thinking about is, oh, this is so expensive. Oh, this is money I'm never going to get back. Like 
whatever you're buying is always going to have a negative emotion attached to it. Whatever you're buying is always going to feel icky. But if you like, even if it's groceries, you're like, wow, I'm so grateful that I can afford this. I'm so grateful that I have access to healthy food. I'm so grateful that this is going to nourish my body. I'm so excited to like eat this, whatever it is, how you think about it is going to inform your experience of it. And so you can either see it as like a cost or an investment. Um, like healthy food and is, is an investment. A fitness coach is an investment. Going like f- to school is an investment. There's a you know debate about whether or not it pays off, but um, there are all these ways that you can invest. And so I like to think about how I spend my money as investments instead of just costs. Like in business, you're taught to look at things like what is the ROI? What is the return on investment? And look about, look at like whether you're hiring someone or getting a new website or, you know, getting a new certification or something like how much is this going to help me in the future? And also what is it going to cost me if I don't do it? Right. So it's not just what is it going to cost me to get this thing or acquire this or learn this. It's like, what will it cost me if I don't? And what do I potentially stand to gain from doing it? And that's more important than what it's going to cost up front because spending money is always going to be, not always, but like for most people early on, when you're investing, it's going to be uncomfortable. And to get to the next level, it's always going to be uncomfortable. So like the first time I hired a fitness coach, I think it was like $200 a month, which was, that's super cheap. And that was really scary for me. Like I was in college, I didn't have that much disposable income. I had like my business hadn't really grown yet. And that was a lot. And then like the next coach I hired after that was double that. And like that felt like a lot, but it wasn't as hard because I saw how much it paid off before. And then after that, I dropped like $2,500 on my next coach. And then this year I've like spent tens of thousands of dollars on like business coaches and mentorship and resources and stuff like that. And like every single time you upgrade your investment, you leave your comfort zone a little bit more but you also grow your possibilities more like the ceiling moves up every single time. And so that's how I want people to think about spending money is like expanding possibilities and like expanding the horizon and investing into something else. Hey, hey, it's Future Marie, and I have to interrupt because I see it every single day, guys. Women are playing too dang small and not standing up for what they truly want in life, and I've been there, but I am here to remind you that we get to have it all. Let me say that again. We get to have it all. We can have all of the happiness, confidence, success, and abundance that we desire as long as we are willing to be brave enough to go after it. In order to have it all, we have to do the work, and that includes transforming our lifestyle and our mindset to support the future that we want. It's not just going to magically appear, and that means moving and nourishing our bodies and upgrading our mindsets so that we can shine. I fully believe that women are just powerful beyond measure, but we can't tap into that when we're not taking care of ourselves or when we're consumed by self-doubt and insecurity. Maybe you can relate. That's exactly why I created my group mentorship program, the Move Nourish Shine Collective, where we spend eight weeks together creating a healthy lifestyle, refining and reaching your goals, building a strong, confident mindset, and growing an incredible community of like-minded women who all want to tap into their full potential just like you. 
It's truly a one-of-a-kind program, and I'm so excited to be opening the doors for our fall collective. You definitely want to apply ASAP on MoveNourishShine.com, which will also be linked in the show description. And now we can get back to the episode. That's the like meta level of finances, but like tangibly, um, there are a couple things that I do that I feel like I've, I, first of all, finances are really overwhelming to me. Like this has never been my strong suit. So for me, like simple and automated and organized slash as hands-off as possible is best, right? So I've had people set this stuff up for me. I have a CFO for my business that does everything. Um, But personal finance stuff, like I started contributing to a Roth IRA when I was still in college. And I've automatically like been deducting that from um, my bank account on a regular basis, like the max um, contribution every single year. And I'm so glad that I did that because now I have this like little nest egg on the side. It's not that little anymore, but it's growing every single year and it doesn't grow that fast, but I know that it's growing and that I will be so glad that I did that in, you know, a couple decades or whatever. And then I also make sure I set aside a percentage of my salary that I pay myself every single month into my savings. And then in addition to that, the way I divvy up my, um, my like fun money, like my spending money that's for like eating out or going to movies or like online shopping or whatever, I put all of that on the cash debit card. So there are a few of there are a few things like that. Like there's I think an Apple one, there's a Venmo one. I use the Cash App debit card and that's where all my fun money goes. So I automatically give myself basically like an allowance like every this single week. <laughs> yeah, I transfer myself an allowance and that's what I'm allowed to spend. And if I want to like something bigger than what my allowance is in a week, like I just have to save up um, and like not use as much of my allowance week to week and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that's like really nice because it's guilt free spending. Like I used to feel guilty about like, oh, well, this like these jeans are kind of expensive. Like I I don't know if I should get them, but I'm like, no, I like put aside money for this. I get to enjoy it. Like this money is for fun. I don't need to justify it. I don't need to like, and I think that's part of it too, is like allowing money to be fun and allowing money to like serve an, a different purpose than just like putting a roof over your head and food on the table. Um, and I understand like not everyone is at that place yet, but there are even like small ways. Like even if you can only give yourself an allowance of $5 a week, like allow yourself to enjoy the hell out of those $5, like whatever you use that on, right? Um, And then the last thing is I use this app called Capital, spelled with a Q. So it's Q-A-T-I-P-A-L. I think I spelled that right. Um, And it's a really cool app where it will like automatically, it'll like round up your spending. It can take out a portion of your um, like paycheck. It can, there are all these different rules. So like even if you had like a, Um, like indulgent spending, you can like set aside money to like match that or kind of, you know, like justify, okay, even though I spent money on this, like I'm also putting money away towards this. So like, for example, I'm using capital to save for a horse. So I call it my pony fund. And I like round up to every nearest second dollar, I transfer like X amount of dollars every week um, to that. And like, it's literally mindless saving. And so I'm so much farther, like I'm thousands of dollars closer to where I would have been if I just like put away money whenever I, you know, thought of it or something. So 
Right. So now with like apps and technology and stuff like that, there are so many ways to manage your finances without really even thinking about it. And um, I believe Capital does like a $5 bonus. If you use my referral link, like anyone that signs up get this, gets this link. So if you want to try Capital, yeah, we'll put the link in the show notes so that you can grab Capital. Um, again, it's like a super cool app and it's helped me a lot. And then the cash app too. I think I can give you guys a link for that as well. But those have both been like life-saving because again, I need simple with finances. That's something that's really overwhelming to me. And like, if I reach a certain point, I'll just shut down and like hope for the best. And that's not necessarily the best way to deal with it. So um, yeah, that was a long, that was a long chat about finances, but there we are. (laughs) No, I love it. Okay. So one, one phrase, I'm going to bridge this here, but one phrase that I love that you talk about too is you talk about betting on yourself mm, yeah. and that I love that and I love kind of the meaning that you've put behind that but I actually want to talk about 30-day challenges which I feel like is something that you could go on Instagram and you can always find someone that mm-hmm. is you know running a challenge trying to get you to buy their program whether they're a coach or not self-proclaimed coach or not but like that was a question that popped up too from your listeners as they are wondering like how you feel about those. And then I think it'd be a really great thing too, if we could talk a little bit about how Movener Shine is a lot different than yeah. just like 30 day physical yeah. information. Yeah. So, I mean, like fitness challenges are nothing new. Shout out to Katie Hearn. I'm pretty sure she did like the mm-hmm. first ever one. And there, there are good and bad with all of them. Some of them, depending who runs it, are based on like sustainable changes. Like when um, my boyfriend Andrew and I used to do, um, we used to co-coach challenges together and we would always preach like sustainability and doing things Mm -hmm. a healthy way. But most of them don't. And most of them are very much based on like who can have the most insane transformation. And like there's even like cash prizes attached Mm -hmm. to it. And all these things like motivate people to go to crazy extremes. And most of them I mean, a lot of them will give like a meal plan or like really low macros or something like that that will give people really rapid results without any tools or, you know, solid understanding on how to either transition out of this like extreme phase or like maintain the results. And so I think it really is just like another sometimes it's just like another hat that like diet culture and yo-yo dieting can wear and like disguise itself as like a fitness challenge, especially like you said, a lot of people are doing it without any solid background on fitness. And like that is really hard to see, especially like no shade to MLMs. I see a lot of people that are doing it in a, a good ethical way, but there are a lot of like the the 20 day challenges or like quick things like that where people are like, oh, I became a coach with XYZ company and now let me help you. But like them becoming a coach really just meant that they bought like a, a starter pack, like they bought into the system and now they call themselves a coach, but there was no actual like training or understanding of like physiology or like habit change or anything like that. So it's just it's something that you do need to be really like just intentional about if you're going to join something like that. And that's really one thing that sparked why I created Move Nourish Shine is because I was, I, my clients were seeing solid results from fitness and nutrition guidance alone. But I noticed then that when I started integrating mindset coaching into their check-ins and helping them like figure out, okay, where is this like 
struggle to change habits coming from? Where is a struggle with like being consistent coming from? Where is this belief that like you'll never be good enough coming from? Like all of these things, once we started addressing those, like that's when my clients' transformations really skyrocketed. So eventually I was like, okay, this like only doing fitness and nutrition challenges doesn't feel aligned for me anymore because I know that we're only scratching the surface. And so from there, I started like looking for resources and things that I could like integrate into my challenges. And no one was doing anything like that. And so I was like, well, I guess I have to do this myself, right? Like classic entrepreneur mindset like this. I want this to exist and it doesn't. So I'm going to make it happen. Um, And so I built Move Nourish Shine with the intention of like, yes, we're going to incorporate mindset or yes, we're going to incorporate nutrition and fitness. Like that's kind of the foundational self-care that we talked about earlier and like following through with that stuff and keeping those promises about those habits and stuff like that absolutely instills confidence and that makes you feel incredible in your body. But to support those changes, to support the different habits, to support the lifestyle stuff, we have to address the mindset piece, right? Like it's not just about becoming a better dieter or like finding more rules to follow or like being more like mean to yourself to try to motivate yourself. Like those things, if those things were going to work, they would have already worked for people. Right. So we have to get down to the root cause. Otherwise we're basically putting like a bandaid on a bullet wound. So that's why we do mindset stuff. And that's why like we take, you know, way different approach to goal setting than people have probably ever done. That's why we have like this incredible, like tear jerking uh, visualization that we do that everyone freaking loves. And that's why we have all of these different workshops throughout is because it's not just about the food that you eat and the workouts that you do. It's about like the way you think about yourself, the way that you approach everything. Um, and so, yeah, that's like a long tangent <laughs> to explain how I feel about 30 day challenges. I think there are a handful of maybe like productive ones, but most of them people are just trying to look for a quick fix or a quick buck, depending on what side they're on. Um, And it's not really bringing anyone to a better place than where they started. If anything, it's worse. Like literature shows that with you know the diet culture and approach that we currently have in our country, people end up heavier. Like they try to lose weight. They start a weight loss journey and years down the road, they end up heavier than when they started despite trying quote unquote everything, except they haven't tried actually addressing the root cause yet. And so that's, that's what I'm like so freaking passionate about now because that's the only thing that worked for me and it saved me. Like I would have continued to struggle for years, for like decades. I would have just kept struggling, been on this like treadmill in hell that like has no stop button. (laughs) Um, and so, yeah, that that's my that's I'll get off my soapbox now no I love it okay so aside from move move nor shine what's something else that you're most proud of yeah I think like this is this is like again kind of like big picture but I think it's just the fact that like I never accept a limitation so for example like with my auto autoimmune disease that like change like basically disfigured my face at a young age like I refuse to let that hold me back from like starting a YouTube channel showing up on Instagram every day like all these things I refuse to let that hold me back I refuse to let like kids bullying me over that like impact my grades or like how I showed up at school um I refuse to let people telling me like, oh, like this Instagram thing is weird or you're never going to be able to make money off of that. You you would not believe how many people told me that like back in the day when it was 
the early phases of Instagram and I didn't listen to them and I just kept going. And like same thing with starting my own business or like going full time in my business after college, like people doubted me um, so much after that. Like there are so many things that people have doubted, even people saying like, oh, you can't, you can't like sell mindset to people like people won't sign up for anything if you're talking about mindset you have to like only sell what they want and then like sneakily give them what they need and like I mean I've just like I just keep going right and so I think it's just like the I'm just really proud of like not accepting any of these limitations even even when I got diagnosed with like Hashimoto's and like hormonal imbalances they're basically like yeah you're just gonna have to like learn to manage this and live with this forever like it's like you can't cure yourself and while I'm still working on it like my thyroid antibodies are zero like they come back negative I yeah like my I feel five million times better. Like I I mean, I just, I don't accept, I, I reject limitations. Like that's what I'm yeah. just proud of. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. do. And I'm going to link that episode too. I can't, it was earlier on, but I remember it was you talking about, you know, more, more about your childhood and like pre-fitness anything for you. And that, I think everyone should go back and listen to that episode because I mean, if they're tuning in for a more, you know, intimate get to know you, that is such a good one. And I think it Mm -hmm. speaks so much to your answer on this because it's exactly like you've said, you, you, you know, you blaze your own trail, but it's also like, even though we can let opinions of other people get to us, you've never let that stop you from, you know, doing what you were made to do. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Kels. So, so kind. Okay. So while we're on the topic of this, I think something your your listeners who really valued from you and people, you know, have asked questions of like, how did, how do you do this? How, how, how did you do this? And how can you help me is you have been very public about going through, like you said, health swinging, you know, like from one way to the next, whether mm-hmm. that is like intentional weight loss or weight gain, whether it was for prep, whether it was for healing your thyroid or, you know, whatever it was. But can you talk about some of the pros and cons that you've been through in both of those like different seasons, which you've, you've gone through? Yeah, for sure. I've gone through them. So like weight has been a back and forth thing for me up until like the last, you know, like three years or something was finally when I found like my happy place and have learned to like make peace with this whole thing. But previous to that, like weight was something that was constantly a struggle. It was constantly something that was like on my mind. It was constantly something where I felt like I was always fighting my body to get to a certain number or look a certain way. And that included when I was a competitor, that included when I was in high school, that included when I was a collegiate athlete. Like I, that struggle was always running in the background sometimes it would look different in the sense of like, oh, well, I just want to lose weight to like be better at volleyball. And like, that was a lie. Like I, it was definitely superficial. And I was like, hopefully it also helps with volleyball, but it didn't. Um, (laughs) Or like, you know, competing. And like, to me, that was a disguised way of like trying to change my body in order to like feel worthy and like trophies actually don't make you feel better about yourself if you're (laughs) chasing them for the wrong reasons. So, um, I mean, there are pros and cons in the sense that like every phase of that journey has taught me something, um, and really like really, really valuable lessons. But I think, um, the biggest thing to always keep in mind is like, what is going to give me more of what I want, first of all. So like 
figure out what you actually want. So in those seasons, I really did want like validation and I wanted confidence and I wanted um, like, you know, more self-worth and and I wanted attention. So they did give me more of what I wanted. But now that I'm in like a better place, what I want is I want health and I want balance and I want fulfillment and I want impact and I want connection. And so when I make decisions about, okay, if I do want to lose weight, which like currently, if you guys watch my YouTube, cross promoting right now, if you watch my YouTube, I talk more about like the current phase of the journey that I'm in. Like I am in a very extremely slow and steady like weight loss journey currently. But before I committed to that, I was like, okay, do I really want to do this? Why do I want to do this? And is it going to give me more of what I want? And in this season, it is going to give me more of what I want because of the way that I'm approaching it and what I know the process is going to give me and what I know the end result is going to look like. Um, But if you don't have that conversation beforehand, it can like literally wreak havoc on your life because it will like if if you go about dieting the wrong way and probably every woman has experienced this like your relationships will suffer your career will probably suffer because you're like cranky and hangry um your like headspace will suffer your body image will suffer like there are all of these potential pitfalls that you have to navigate around when you're going through like a weight loss journey and and then on the other hand like weight gain some some of the times that I've gained weight in my life were definitely not on purpose. And they were very, um, I don't want to say traumatic because I think that's like a really serious word, but they were very challenging and very testing to me. Um, and I think if you if you don't have, you know, solid self-confidence and a solid mission behind gaining weight, then it can definitely be hard for women because we live in a world that is constantly telling us that like the only way to be more valuable is to be smaller. So if you're going against the grain there, it can be really hard unless you have a solid attitude about like where you're going to end up and why you're doing this. So when I did intentionally gain weight for like my health, to get my period back, to help my hormones rebalance, like... I accepted that so much easier because I knew that there was a bigger vision versus the times where I felt like I was out of control with food or I was like using food um, to numb out or I literally just couldn't sustain the extremes that I had gone to to lose weight like, you know, the month before or whatever. And so your experience with weight loss or weight gain is so much about the intention behind it, whether or not the way you're doing it is sustainable um, and what you are trying to get like on the other side of it. Okay. So another thing, this is yeah. just running through my brain with all of this is like all of us have been in a season or in a month or in a week of our life where it's just been like, okay, I have, I have this goal that I'm saying to myself in my head and it's something that I want to start working towards, but maybe I'm not saying it out loud and maybe I'm not vocalizing it or even writing it down yet for the people that are just kind of stuck right now going on month nine, 10, 11, a year of like wanting change in their life so badly but they don't have the community, they don't have the the support, they don't have the relationships in their life that are helping them have that come to life. The coach, people, the that. Yeah, I think a big part of being stuck has to do with, number one, what you're tolerating, right? So like whatever you're tolerating in your life is what you're allowing to continue. So if you are tolerating people who don't support you being in your life, if you're tolerating you speaking negatively to yourself, like in a way that you would never speak to a friend, if you're tolerating like 
being unhappy with your body and not working on your confidence and working on your body image and working on your health, like you're allowing those things to continue. And so like the tough love part of me, which I think tough love is like one of the realest forms of love because like calling people out on their shit in a loving way can change lives. But the tough love part of me is like, if you are not actively working to change something, you have no right to complain about it. And like just searching for like pity is only making it worse because you are like you are validating to yourself like oh if I stay here I get attention and if I stay here people feel bad for me and even though that's like it feels kind of shitty but it also feels kind of good right like when people are taking pity on you and feeling bad for you it's like you know it just it it has a good feeling and misery loves company too. So if you're, if you're not working to change something, like I, I, I refuse to listen to you complain about it. Um, but on the other hand, like you cannot like fix something that's broken in the same environment that broke it. Right. So if you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling like making changes is impossible in your current life and you're feeling like frustrated, you're spinning your wheels, you have, quote unquote, tried everything. You need to change the environment that you're in in order to change the outcome. Right. Like it's it's a saying of like doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result is like insanity, right? So you have to do something different and you have to get outside of this little like self-contained bubble that you're just keep like spinning around in. Um, You have to get outside of that, right? So if you don't currently have a support system, you need to be in a support system. If you don't currently have accountability, you need to have accountability. If you don't currently have like resources and tools that will teach you how to do things properly, like those are the essential components of success. And so if you don't have, it's like a three-legged stool. If you don't have one of those components, then your stool is just going to fall over and you're going to be stuck on the floor, right? So you need the plan. You need something with intention that is going to be, you know, like tailored for you. It makes sense for your goals. Um, and it's something that you're you're going to enjoy and be able to do. You also need to have accountability and someone that's going to hold you to the promises that you're making because as humans, we're always subconsciously looking for like the easy way out. And like, that's why it's so hard to stick to anything. And number three, you need community and you need support because we're not meant to go through this like life thing by ourselves. Like humans need community. Humans need people to understand them. They need people that will, you know, cheer them on. And if you don't have the three legs of your stool, like you don't got a stool. Mm-mm. Yeah. Okay. I think that covers most of the ones that we want. If you guys have more questions. Yeah, I guess um, keep an eye out on my Instagram stories. Usually that's where we source our questions. I'll put up, I'll throw up a questions box and see what you guys want to talk about. And that's usually how we figure out how to do these episodes. But if you guys enjoyed this and if you want more Q&As from Kelsey and I, um, I'm thinking, Kels, this is like the first time I brought this up. So, you know, you're everyone's hearing about it at the same time. I think it would be really fun if we did like a mini series um, of like even short weekly Q and A's where we talk about it, maybe two or three different topics every single week. And I think that would be really fun. So if you guys want that screenshot, this episode, however you're listening in, whether it's Spotify or iTunes or whatever, screenshot it, post on your Instagram stories and tag, tag me and let me know what your vote is. If you want more Q and A's, then we'll do it. Yeah. I'm here for it. Well, let's do it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Kels, thanks so much for getting behind the mic. And we will talk to you guys again soon. Bye, guys. Thank you guys so much for spending your time with me on the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. I'm so happy that we were able to hang out and share some good vibes today. It would mean the absolute world to me if you could take one second to share this episode with someone who you think would love it. And please leave the show or view on iTunes if you're enjoying it. Tell me what you think. Let me know what you want to hear more of. It would really help me out on my mission to educate and empower women to become their very best selves and create more content that you're going to love. Thank you again for listening and supporting the show. And until next time, don't forget to grind and be grateful, my friends.